Actor and filmmaker Ann Johnston Brown has spent the past 35 years navigating the ups and downs of Hollywood. With a master's degree in theater arts, Ann was a professor at the prestigious American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Los Angeles and is the author of several books published by Smith & Krauss, the world's largest of its kind. Her films on the subject of homelessness have won countless awards, and her voice can be heard throughout the world in a variety of television and radio commercials, as well as the audiobooks of many New York Times and USA Today best-selling authors. And now, she brings to you the best of what she's learned. Welcome to The Actor's Guide. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Actor's Guide. Oh, today I have a guest for you. He is a man who's pretty much done it all. He's been an actor, a director, and most importantly, he has been a theater critic. And I want to prod his brain today on behalf of all actors to see what's in the mind of someone who sits in the audience and literally is being paid to review a show. And so we are going to talk to uh, Howard Wilson today. He's a friend of mine, but man, he is well known in Southern California. Hey, Howard, how you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm just doing great, and thank you. How about yourself? <laughs> I'm doing great, and I appreciate you so much for coming on the show. Uh, you know, uh, Howard, you you moved to uh, Las Vegas long before I did, and uh, both of us now live in in the Vegas area. But that doesn't mean we stop doing what we do. And I certainly want to prod your brain today, if that's okay. Not a problem. <laughs> well, tell me something. Uh, you know, before I start asking you about the, the nitty-gritty of being a theater reviewer, uh, but I, I know that you had a start. You had to get your start somewhere. So how did you get into theater arts? What, what was your beginning like? Well, I started in uh, junior college over in Woodland Hills, uh, Pierce Junior College. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough to have an excellent first uh, teacher-director. Mm -hmm. by the name of Jane Hawkins, yeah. whose big mantra was tell a story. Okay. And before every performance of anything we did, her thing was go out and tell a story. Right. And she worked very long, hard rehearsals with us. One of the things she taught me, my my first role in a play, I was lucky, I was able to play a bad guy in a Tennessee Williams play. Oh, boy. Yeah, mm -hmm. Orpheus Descending. Oh. And, uh, and she came up to me once and said, do you think you're mean? Hmm. Do you think you're bad? Okay, making me, you know, get into the perspective of the person as far as what he is doing right. and how he justifies it. Right. Which made a total, you know, difference in how I was, you know, re performing the character. Sure. Mm -hmm. So she was very big on that, making sure that everybody was in sync telling the same story. Right, right. And so yeah, that and resonated I with you. It made you want to know more, I'm sure. Exactly. And after Pierce College, mm -hmm. uh, I was in the very first evening class mm -hmm. of the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Pasadena back in 1975, 76. Oh. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, by the, at that point, we, it wasn't the best time to do it. They had a revolving door of different acting teachers, uh -huh. uh, you know, some who were very critical, some who were just <laughs> raised. You know, um, and and this was in Pasadena. Now I taught at the one on La Brea in in Los Angeles. So you're saying the evening classes were being taught in Pasadena? That was the very first one. The very first classes, day wow. and evening, oh. were in Pasadena wow. at the Pasadena Center by the auditorium. Wow, fact, a few of our classes were on the auditorium stage. Wow, yeah. And uh, my 
my big finale was in the second semester. It was just six people and it was seven people, six women and me. <laughs> I was I was the only guy. <laughs> I'll bet you like that. <laughs> right. So guess what we did for our fin- finale? Royal Gambit, where I had to play Henry VIII. Oh, all goodness. 130 all 135 pounds of me in full costume and makeup. And then after that, a lot of padding. Uh, I, I bet to do another play <laughs> after that the same evening. Okay. And when we did the Royal Gambit, I did the second one. It was the most relaxed I'd ever been oh, on a stage. Wow! Wow! Knowing that was behind me. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, I want to do more. I want to do more. Oh boy! Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so then from there, how did this all uh, develop? Because it just seems like one one day you're an actor, and then the next day you're a director. How does that happen? Well, uh, friends uh, in the Inland Empire, right. you know, uh, Pomona Valley, Ontario, and such. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a person at a community theater at a church who uh, needed somebody to direct a production of Enter Laughing, mm-hmm. uh, which is the play about uh, oh, Carl yeah. Reiner oh, when yeah. he was up and coming. And so I said, hey, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it, was a, it was a great opportunity. Uh, there was very minimal budget, mm-hmm. very minimal set. Uh, the lighting was pretty much floodlights in the ceiling controlled by circuit breaker switches. <laughs> okay. You know, but <laughs> sure. uh, uh, so we directed the show on a, on a small uh, community church stage mm-hmm. and with minimal, minimal sets and costumes, minimal budget. Uh, lighting was uh, floodlights in the ceiling controlled by circuit breakers. Yeah. Um, and then opening night, one of the act, many main actors, uh, was in a car wreck. He was okay, but he couldn't make the show. Oh, okay. So I had to fill in for him. Oh, no. Okay. And my hair was longer than was required for a 1950s, you know, Sure, set. sure. But uh, anyway, but I went ahead and did it, and it and uh, actually went off well. We got a nice review in the Daily Bulletin. Yeah. And uh, I was very pleased with how it came out. Well, now, and you so just meant... on, I started doing more theater, more plays there, I've... and then I started uh, getting invitations <laughs> to do other theaters. Well, and you just mentioned the Daily Bulletin. So yes. I, I want to I, I keep talking a little bit about your directing career, but also I want to know about how you got involved. Uh, I don't know if those listening, and I'm sure many are from the Southern California area, Area who know about the Inland Valley Daily Bulletin, but uh-huh. uh, that was where you. Uh, how was it that one day you're directing shows, getting reviewed, and the next day you're the reviewer? How did that happen? Well, the, well, the reviewer at the time uh, was leaving, and they were looking for a new one. Mm-hmm. And my wife worked at the Daily Bulletin oh, at the time. Okay, and so she let me know that there was an opening. <laughs> so I went ahead and you know uh, called in and talked to the editor about it. He said, go ahead and do a couple of reviews, yeah. you know, and submit them. We'll see what happens. Sure. And he obviously liked what I did because uh, I stayed on there for about a good, God, 10 years. Oh, I thought it was uh, longer than that because you reviewed some of my shows. And that was way the heck back. <laughs> was, well, I did it from the early 90s to the early 2000s. Okay. All right. Yep. That was a um, long time ago, but you you were a very thorough reviewer. You oh, were you. you knew your stuff, you know, and that's the thing that actors don't like is if a, a reviewer is is obviously not as in tune with the genre that they are reviewing or 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 just the the playwright themselves. Uh, but you you did your homework. It it it, fe- it felt like uh, that you yeah. yes, well, mm-hmm. that, and that helped in the sense that. Later on, I was able to graduate to do shows in L.A. and Orange County. Oh, okay. Special shows. And then eventually, I was able to interview oh. a lot of the theater people. 
in LA and Orange County who are doing shows like at the Amundsen Music Center Mm -hmm. or the Sigelstrom Center, South Coast Plaza. I was able to review uh, a lot of really good, popular actors oh, of the wow. time. Yeah, and I'm and sure that I, many it, that would, went on to Broadway, perhaps, you know, because we, oh, yeah. we well, do churn talking, them out. We're, talk, we're talking Sir Ian McKellen, Maggie oh. Dillenhall. Okay. Uh, okay. John Redder, I mean, a, a long, long list. Sure. And, and uh, yeah. for the paper. And, and, and that was a great experience for you. And you also were surrounding yourself by such immense talent that, that it just, you know, once you immerse yourself, you know, you, you just can't walk away. And so you, yeah. you kept directing, but you were also reviewing. Did you review and direct at the same time? Yes. Wow. Oh, yes. In fact, I once interviewed myself. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, How a, a production you... of The Odd Couple at the Grove in Upland. Oh, my god! And gosh. I was playing Felix, and I thought, what the heck, I'll just interview myself. So I did. <laughs> well, Howard, knowing your crazy personality, I could see you doing that, I and I get it. And so then then you, uh, so did you, when you put, put that review out, it was interviewer and interviewee, and you just, did you tell people up front that you were interviewing yourself? <laughs> Of course, of course. And I, I, did it, I did it as a standard Q&A. Style. Oh, of course you did. Of yeah. course. And that's hilarious. But I love that kind of stuff. And by the way, you know, just to tell the audience, you know, you and I, we've, uh, yes, you did review many of my shows, but also, you know, you were my director and then I was your director, uh, yes. in, in, you know, in a, in a musical. And I think, I don't know, were you in some of my shorts that I did? Um, no, no, I was not. No, but we, we're still working on those, on those so and i know i've got you tapped for bum which is a a movie we're doing together but uh but i will say that that yeah you you were a great reviewer but let me ask you a little more uh before we keep going uh i have to ask you about your directing career because uh i really believe and i i knew you as a reviewer or i I like to call them theater critics but i knew i knew you as a critic i knew you as a director and as an actor and as a friend. But I'm wondering, I feel that you were just, you shined as a director. Tell me, what is your greatest love? Is it directing? Is that your greatest love? I would have to say yes uh, on that because A, control. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I sure. control over what's happening versus, you know, having to have somebody else, you know, tell me, go here, go there, go there. Sure, sure, sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get uh, that. I understand that too. I feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I feel very much in, going back to what I talked about before, telling the story. The first really uh, great production I directed was the Philadelphia story in the 1980s. Wow. And with the entire cast of people you would have known also at the time. Sure. And um, uh, and what one thing we did before we, we even went, uh, took it on you know the stage was we did a full line-by-line mm. analysis. Okay. All right, to understand what... What was the what was the uh, ulterior motive okay. of what you're saying? When you refer to ulterior motive, were you are you referring to subtext? The subtext exactly. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I exactly. I really feel that that is a strong strong thing for an actor to consider. Uh, yeah, and I think that's brilliant that you as a director did that. <laughs> and, and it's important that the other actors know. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. So, so there's no surprises. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, there should be some surprises. I was going to okay. say that. I was going to say that. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but but at the same time, you know, you need to have that chemistry. Sure. Of, you know, what you're about in, in your relationship 
and what you're trying to get across as far as your needs of the character. Right, right. And and so that was what you did to begin as a, as a workshopping kind of thing with your actors on Philadelphia Story. And then what, what happened after that? Well, after that, well, Philly, Philly Story, I got moved to another theater. I actually had to do it in another theater at the, uh, at the Gallery Theater in Ontario. Mm-hmm. And this whole thing had to be restaged in the round. Wow. Now that's huge. That is, yeah. oh, people have no idea when you do a play in the round. That is, uh, that, there is, there are so many, uh, d- you know, difficulties. There are so many, you know, strategies that you have to have for blocking. It's just insane. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, for blocking, and also we didn't have we had totally different sets. In fact, lack of set. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. That the that the actors had to adjust to. Right. right. You know. So uh, I mean, it, it worked great. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, everybody was because everybody already knew because of our earlier rehearsals everything they were about as far as the character and relationships. Right. So they, they were able to concentrate on the change of the blocking without obstructing anything else. That is amazing because that is a real lesson in adaptation and and mm-hmm. actors, you know, usually the actors learn that in improv class. Uh, but but what a big lesson the actors got when they found out, oops, we got to do the round now, you know. Yeah. And and as a director, bless your heart, you know, that that's a huge uh, you know, you're not prepared for that and you I'm sure you rocked it. How did it turn out when it was all over? Oh, it was great. It was great because uh, we have the same cousins and everything, and <laughs> we had four houses, you know, because uh, the guy who produced it, uh, you know, knew how to get the houses in for his theater. Yeah. And so it was just really nice because the other theater we had was just starting out, the Chino Community Theater. Oh, yeah. Had it just opened. Mm-hmm. And so we were having problems getting big audiences. Right. Oh, so my It was goodness. wonderful that we were able to play just from full houses. Wow. That's such a great thing. Now, would you say that that was your favorite directing experience? I would say yes. Wow. I, I would have to say yes, because it's one of those things where everything just came all together. <laughs> That's awesome, because you've had quite a few. I mean, I know just personally in the time I've known you, which I've known you, my goodness, I'm thinking we're going on 25, 30 years. But the thing is, oh, yeah. you have done so much directing. So to say that is huge. But uh, but what about when you've been a theater critic over the years? Uh, you know, um, how have you ever had any like somebody that got really angry like if they didn't like what you said about twice oh my how tell me about that (laughs) twice okay well the first one okay now this guy deserved it i'm sorry okay (laughs) this was at a senior community building in pomona okay okay and he put on this play called the three little pigs okay (laughs) okay Pigs meaning friends for prostitutes. Oh no! Okay, okay. And he actually at one point had people from the audience behind screens. Okay, <laughs> and the girls on, in the show acting like they're performing S and M. Oh my gosh! On these people in the audience. Okay, that's weird. And the and the guy went right to the the editor of the paper. Oh gosh! He wanted me fired. And I bet the editor of the paper 
Well, well, you tell me what the editor of the paper did. Well, no, he, he sided with me because I explained of the whole course, thing to him. Of course. Yeah, you know, of course, he saw the review too. And he knows and knows that's going to happen. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Well, yeah, I'm thinking and, he's a little bit crazy because, come on, if you expect yeah. to get a, a positive review in a, in a in an inland empire, Southern, uh, those of you who don't understand, Southern California is Hollywood, L.A., all that, yes. But then you have the Inland Empire Division of of or a region of the area and and the, something like that just doesn't go over you know no. Th- no and so you deserve that negative review what about yeah. the other you said there was another negative yes. review uh, this is a more professional production in Amarada of uh, Fiddler on the Roof okay okay mm-hmm. uh, I mean we're talking fallout and <laughs> but the guy playing Chevia he what? comes out on his entrance, like Zorba the Greek. Oh, no. You know, triumphant, boom, 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 <laughs> pop crap. Okay, I'm like, no, he's like, he's been walking around with this with his cart all day. Oh, gosh. Okay, because his, his, his horse is sick, sure. is lame, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and he is tired. Mm, and he comes out you acting know, like he wasn't. Weary. Sure. You know, it's like totally wrong. And there are other things about it I didn't like. And a letter in the editor popped in the paper saying, who is this H.S. Wilson and what makes him think he's a reviewer? Oh, no, just because he didn't uh, agree. Well, uh, as a director and as a professional actor, I I would say, you know what, something like that, to notice that as a critic is, Mm -hmm. is is very wise. And I would totally side with you, of course. Because you have to, and you know, I've had a talk with the audience on this show about given circumstances. And when you know, as an actor, that you have been pushing a cart, your horse is Mm -hmm. lame, you better, you know, play that. It better be absorbed into your, uh, you know, your body so that Mm -hmm. when you play with truth, that will be seen. Uh, You can't play with truth if you've denied the given circumstances, and that's all you were saying, you know? Right, and you're telling the story. That's right, the story. That's right, yes. and that's part, a huge part of the story. Yeah, okay, so, you know, this guy wasn't very happy, but my question for you then, because of what you just told me about this gentleman, or this actor. Yes. As a critic, do you ever see something happening with the actor on stage, in for instance, Tevia comes in. He's acting like he's not tired. He hasn't been pushing, you know, a car without his horse's help. Do you ever think maybe I should also blame the director? Of course. Okay. I was of course. Just, and there were and there were other points in the show that I made. Okay. Yeah. You know. Sure. Uh, yeah. The the the, the, the chorus, uh, uh, fathers and other none of them seem to me Russian Jewish. Okay. See, th- this this is this was a very difficult, uh, very uh, uh, struggling production. Apparently, you know? yeah. Or uh, it was a, a production I cared more about. You know, hey, let's have some fun. You know, let's you know uh, make hey, uh, Tevye larger than life. That's that's what you get when you do a historic show, a show that's mm-hmm. been around forever and done forever. Then people start to play, and sometimes they start to to ab- actually uh, disrespect the the virtue of the show itself uh right. you know and that's why we need people like you critiquing 
and reviewing, and I love it that you were honest, and and I'm sure you handled those uh, <laughs> those people very well. But I had to ask you that because uh, uh, you know I also am curious as well about you as a critic, mm-hmm. as a reviewer. You you probably had to sit through a many many shows like that, you know, where yes. you were just you know so. Looking back, because I know you're not really doing that now, you're not a reviewer right now, but looking back over Mm -hmm. your career, what would you say then is like for you the biggest pet peeve you might have with an actor or director or even the producers when when you walk away and you go this this is the biggest fault of of a show almost almost every time. What would you say? Well, Mm -hmm. Well, you can tell when a show is like block it, run it open. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've been in shows like that, and I've seen shows like that. Sure. Mm-hmm. And you can you can spot them a mile away. Sure. Because you're not feeling anything in the audience. Mm-hmm. Right. You're laughing. Right. You're laughing, but you're not you're not understanding or feeling, you know, anything. So at the end uh, of the of the play, okay, you've understood something or found something new. Mm-hmm. About, right. about life or existence. Right. Which a play normally should do, even a even a comedy. Exactly. Exactly. I love it uh, that you there, said that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, there was one play I saw uh, early in my uh, reviewing uh, that was done at Citrus College as part of their summer program. And they did a production of The Female Odd Couple or Neil Simon Sells Out. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> okay. and mm. But the actresses playing the parts, they were college actresses, mm-hmm. they played them so totally, believably straight and honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You felt the pain of mm. their going through a divorce. Wow. Okay. I mean, you still had the jokes and the funny characters and the two guys, you mm-hmm. know, uh, you know, who come in, you know, from in, from Spain or whatever. Right. Um, but uh, I was, I, I felt like I was watching a drama. Uh, and then, of course, the jokes come in. Well, and it's because, unfor- uh, well, unfortunately, what's not what's not usually uh, taught with comedy these days is that you have to play the reality. Right. And and the jokes will come and the irony yeah. will be seen. The irony will happen. But yeah. let the audience find that. Quit playing the joke. Exactly. Yeah. Oh boy. And so that was well, I love that. That what a lesson, guys. If you're listening, this is this is a lesson from a reviewer, from a critic, from me, saying, you know, uh, you know, just play always the reality. So then mm-hmm. I want to ask, you know, building on all this, my question then to you is this. You do a review. You did a you did a review of a show. Let's say, for instance, the Tevia role. And mm-hmm. Fiddler on the Roof, you know, and they, they had opened. I'm sure you reviewed on either opening night, maybe the next night. And Tevia sees the review, and he alters his performance based on your review. What is your what is your feeling about that? Well, I've, I've been the victim of that. Ah, okay. Uh, I was directing a production of The Man Who Came to Dinner. Okay. And the actor playing Sheridan Whiteside, who was a big, blustery, you know, uh, uh, insult, you know, kind kind of person. Uh-huh. And uh, the reviewer said he came off really mean. Okay, well, the next weekend, all of a sudden, he's Mr. Cute Nice Guy. <gasps> oh, okay. All right. Yep. But no, you're not telling my story. That's right. That's right. And okay. remember, we're bringing our own choices to a role. And right. the point is that the choice maybe didn't go over right with the critic. 
Okay, mm-hmm. but that choice has to you have you know. So you're saying then, even as a reviewer, you're saying don't make changes, right? Or if you do, get with your director first. Okay. Say, hey, you know, this reviewer I think made a point, right. and I'm sort of agreeing with it. What do you think? What right. can we do? Yeah, made a point. I like the way you said that. Made a point. It's something that I didn't get, you know, uh, I didn't take personally. I didn't I didn't get, you know, offended by. But, right. you know, he has a point. And so that's when you like you said, discuss it with the director. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I do review. I do write, I mean, I do read <laughs> reviews that other people have done of me. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay? Uh-huh. And I take them as honest criticism. Sure. Sure. And I think about them. I can't, okay, maybe I'm, I got, maybe I should think about that. Right. You know, because you're getting, you're getting feedback mm-hmm. from, an, from the audience. Right. That's what you want. Not just the automatic immediate feedback that you get on a stage. Yeah. But also, you know, uh, did they really like it? Right. Uh, you know, I was talking with someone yesterday in an interview. Uh, he'd, he'd been in the business for decades. And, you know, he was a, a mostly a film actor. And, and there is a difference. Uh, you know, we a lot of people that I've talked to who are theater and film actors, they, you know, they talk about there being, yes, a difference because of the way we project on the theater stage versus, you know. But I, I was talking with him. Uh, about the, the audience and the mm-hmm. fact that I was saying that, you know, I've been working in workshops for decades, uh, you know, doing acting workshops, whether I, I direct them or, you know, teach them or I'm mm-hmm. in workshops. And I've always been told and I've always believed the audience is always right. Yes. Uh, he said yesterday that he was taught, and again, he's a film actor, but he said that it was said to him, and it was he was quoting some director from years ago that said, the audience doesn't know what they want. Doesn't, you know, and I, I, I feel like, though, that that is a difference between film and theater. I believe if you're a theater actor, the audience is right. What do you think? Right. But I, I, I think that's right. But at the same time, okay, okay. Uh, especially in comedy. One night you may have laughs all over the place. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The next night you don't. Yeah. Well. But it's not because you're not funny. Because they're uh, reacting in a different way. They're well, and they ha- and, and well, and irony, which is what we're we're going for with comedy, the ironic, you know, connection. Uh, it can only be found if you know based on the history and and the personal, you know, understanding of the audience. I mean, a lot of yeah. people don't get and they just don't get certain jokes. They just don't. It goes over their right. heads, or they, you know, they just whatever. But uh, but yeah. So, but I think we're in agreement. You know that the audience is going to react. And we have to take that. We just, you know, uh, we don't feed them. We don't spoon feed them. We just play right. the reality, right? And at the same time, no matter how they react, you don't change it. Okay. Based right. on their reaction. Good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because if you start if you start thinking they don't think it's funny and you start making it broader. Yeah. And you go, and you go for the laugh harder. Yeah. Yep. It's not going to make a well, difference. Well, and keeping in and keeping in mind that's turning the mirror on yourself. We talk on this show about that a lot. 
Mm-hmm. And once you turn that mirror on yourself, all you care about is is what you're doing uh, uh, in the mirror, how you how you look in the mirror of your you know uh, to yourself, and and yeah. always your internal monologue is how am I being perceived instead of playing the reality, playing the truth, you know, living the role right. as we say, yeah. So is that and as a, and mm-hmm. as a dr- and as a director, it's difficult if you're in, if you're you know in behind in the back of the theater mm-hmm. and you've got a comedy going and people aren't like laughing like the way you, you thought they would. Right. Okay, your instinct is to run back there and say, "Hey, we, we need to get some laughs here." <laughs> you don't do that even as sure. a director. Sure, sure. Trust your audience. That's right. Trust the audience. And and if understand you think you got mm-hmm. good, if you if you really feel you have a good show, trust your audience. And so then, uh, I boy, we you know you've given so much great advice already. And normally I would end uh, an interview because we're getting to the end here by asking you. So then, what is your ultimate advice for actors? Uh, go ahead and and. Summarize then for well, me. This, this is a little bit of a curveball here. Okay. okay, give it to me. It was difficult, but I've been talking about. Okay, all right. Okay, if you want to be in the business, okay, okay. remember it's a business. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to find out about yourself. What is marketable? Okay. Good. Okay. What well, and get that from teachers, mm-hmm. uh, directors, other actors, uh, friends in the audience. Are you talking about your type? Your type. Mm-hmm. Okay, what what is working? Okay, with the audience. Okay, and what but where the audience thinks, hey, you seem rather comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. some people and cry then, really well on stage. Some people can can their comedic timing is so great on stage, and you right. got to know what 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 you can sell best. And then once you get your foot in the door of Hollywood or wherever you mm-hmm. want to be, then then right. you can branch out. Exactly. John Ritter is the perfect example oh, of his company. He sure is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, he, he used his talents as a physical comedian. That's right. Mm-hmm. He got in the door, got through his company from that, and then he got got other work, including mm-hmm. that great performance he did in Sling Blade with Billy Bob Thornton. And that was that was such a uh, the opposite of what we knew yes. him. Yes. Yes. Yeah, wow. So don't be afraid to get in the door. Maybe it's not the character you want to be. Right. Okay. If it works. Use it. Exploit That's it. Right. That, uh, exploit it. I love that. Exploit the best part of what you have to offer uh, as far as the performing arts go. And once right. you can master that, not only just master it, but find success, mm-hmm. then people will come knocking on your door and they're going to want to see the sling ba- blade role that, that you, John Ritter, or somebody can play. Uh, if it's comedy that you do well, do it. And then branch out later. And I know that's hard for some people. They cannot define the thing. But mm-hmm. uh, boy, Howard, I, I can't believe it. But we've already gone a half hour here. And I'm going to have to call oh. this to a close. But I will tell you, great advice. And I knew you were going to be able to provide some good stuff for this audience because you're on the other end as well of the one who yes. sat and I hate to say it, but you judged. You sat yes. in in judgment and you were on the stage uh, before, which, which means that you know what it feels like to be judged. Mm-hmm. The point is, and the ugly truth is, that this is uh, this is a very uh, critiquing type of industry. You know, get used to it. Yes. Uh, get used to it. It's 
you're going to be critiqued all the time. But, yes. Oh, Howard, thank you, man. Thank you so much for hey, helping me. It's my pleasure, me. Anne. I'm, I'm so <laughs> glad you asked me. Well, hang on the line. I'm going to close the show out, and then I'm going to say goodbye to you. But, guys, don't forget, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. Actually, we're on everything. Make sure you subscribe, and please tell your friends about us. We're already moving up the charts right now, uh, and we are doing well, but we need to do better. And I just appreciate you tuning in. And this has been The Actor's Guide. Tag, you're it. This has been The Actor's Guide. For more information about Ann Johnston-Brown or to join the tag team, please visit our website at ajbprods.com slash podcast.